0: Welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast, where we talk to C-level leaders from across the payments landscape. We'll be discussing the products and services that impact the payment space today, as well as trends and predictions for the future of payments. We will also hear stories from our guests about their journeys to the top.
1: So Knight is a payment company, it's what we call in the payment industry, it's an integrated POS solution, delivering a a POS with a software, all-in-one, with the hardware. We are focusing on the unattended, the beginning, and extending ourselves to retail and EV charges. So today we are serving globally, 65 countries, for all the aspects of retail, focusing still more than 90% of our business is unattended, self-service, self-checkout business.
0: That was NIAC CEO and co-founder, Yair Nekmod, and he is my special guest on this episode, episode 211 of the Leaders in Payments podcast, and I'm your host, Greg Myers. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to make you aware of some of the things going on here at the Leaders in Payments podcast. We're launching a new series of podcasts called The Pulse of Payments, where we're focusing on a specific topic for an entire month. For example, we'll cover embedded finance, open banking, cross-border payments, and more. Also, you can sponsor episodes or even amplify existing content like white papers or research reports. There are several different options to reach our audience. And if you've ever thought about starting your own business podcast, please reach out. We're B2B podcasting experts and can help you launch and market your very own podcast. For more information on any of these opportunities, please contact me directly at greg at com. And now back to the show. Yair has a passion for creating an efficient enterprise system that affords his employees and customers the work-life balance that we all deserve. Nyax is a payments company offering integrated POS solutions and software for the unattended market sector. Their market share is significant, and they are currently growing at more than 35% year-over-year, with more than 700 employees contributing to their success. As for their competitive advantage, according to Yair, they are the only global company operating an end-to-end loyalty, payments, and software solution with presence in 65 different countries. Yair and I go on to talk about the evolution of the unattended retail space and his journey to the role of CEO. We also talk about where he sees the industry going in the next two to three years as it relates to loyalty programs, embedded options, and payments being the center of gravity for the entire customer journey. We've got a great episode ahead, so let's get started. Hi, Yair. Thank you for being here. Welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast. Thank
1: you for having me.
0: Absolutely. So let's dive in, if you don't mind, and we'll circle back to your professional journey in a few minutes, but tell our audience a little bit about yourself, maybe where you grew up, where you went to school, where you currently live, a few things like that.
1: Absolutely. So uh, I'm basically in uh, Israel. I was born in Tel Aviv. Uh, in my professional life, I was a marketing manager in Coca-Cola for uh, nine years over here in Israel. And after that, I was a general manager of a mineral water company called Even Spring. It's a five-gallon and a small pack mineral water company. It happened to be that I met my partner, David, and the two of us opened a company called Nyax. We'll talk about this later, but I'm working for Nyax for the last 18, 19 years. So this is like a, a very long journey.
0: <laughs> and you're still
1: in Israel. Yes, I'm based in Israel. Actually, the office is in El Celia, which is uh, 10 kilometers from Tel Aviv, but it's really nearby. And the headquarters is actually in El Celia. All
0: right, well, let's talk about the company. So tell our audience what Nyax does. So Nyax is a payment company.
1: It's uh, what they call in the payment industry. It's an integrated POS solution delivering a, a POS with a software all in one with the hardware. We are focusing on the unattended, the beginning, and extending ourselves to retail and the EV charges. So today we are serving globally 65 countries for all the aspects of retail, focusing still more than 90% of our business is unattended, self-service, self-checkout business, enabling retailers to do their business from the back-end and from the front-end, from loyalty part and up to the operational and reporting from the back-end. We are connecting to more than 45 acquirers and 45 alternative payment to cover this, what we call, like-to-like present solution. And we are growing more than 35-40% year over year for the last couple of years.
0: Okay, and how many employees does the company have?
1: Today we are 770 employees. Almost 500 of them are based over here in Israel with all the aspects of skills from hardware, software, back-end, operational building, logistics. All of this, we do have uh, nine subsidiary companies in North America, in the UK, Germany, Japan, China, Australia, New Zealand, and other 45 partners distributors covering the rest of the world.
0: You mentioned the hardware and the software together when the company started. Was it just the hardware, and you added software later?
1: When we started, it was uh, 2005. We started over here in Israel. We saw the pain from the market regarding unattended. Maybe to extend a little bit the context to the audience, it's a different market because it carries some of uh, unique specialties in this market. First, from our perspective, it's existing market. There are more than 40 million machines. They already accept cash and we need to convert them to cash. So it's like uh, more of a retrofitting the machine remotely. We're not going out from the office. We need to learn a uh, multiple ver protocol in order to serve this uh, market, and there are really more than seven hundred protocols that we carry in our software solution, our backend solution. We enable the operator to buy the unit to buy the hardware and install this in ten minutes and no friction from his perspective and it's operating. We also payment facilitator in order to really to ease the pain regarding registration with the bank and the k y c and a m l that he needs to do, and all of this is a one stop solution, hardware software and uh, payment. And that's where we started. It was quite uh, difficult at the beginning of the time because everything was very expensive. Connectivity was very expensive. The hardware was very expensive. But slowly and gradually, we put everything in place and we are really succeeding to grow the market in a global level these days.
0: Yeah, and so let's talk about your customer base. I assume, does it go from the small kind of mom-and-pop company that might have just a couple of vending machines all the way up to larger retail companies that do both retail and sort of the unattended?
1: Absolutely. We built the system in a way that we are not uh, holding ourselves back from even one unit, even one machine that needs to have a solution or service. We built it in a way that it will be profitable from our perspective, and we grew up with this to do what you call multiple layers and multiple units per customer. These days, we're taking big, big operators like big chain of Caterer in the U.S. or in Europe, moving up to a full court solution from unattended EV charger. An attended solution with the aspects of loyalty and management. It's quite a heavy lifting that the NIX can do now for T1 customer.
0: Yeah, sounds like it. So maybe talk about the evolution of sort of the unattended space, because I know, like visually, a lot of people think of the vending machine, and it used to take cash, now it takes cards. But that's just such a minor part, right? Now you can walk through the airport and see unattended kiosks. So maybe talk about that evolution if you don't mind.
1: These evolutions came more in the last four or five years. We were there like 18 years ago, 19 years ago when we started. It was started with vending and then with a snack machine and then what you call all these machines that are placed in a different location. But then you realize quite quickly that some of the machines are placed in the institution and you need to serve their employees within the institution. It's like a loyalty card. What do you think when you're working on the airport that it's serving only the best by consumer, but actually it's serving also the employees of the airport? You're getting more and more complex regarding the engagement and the loyalty that you need to bring into and connect to what you call the HR or the ERP of the institution. And you're getting more and more involvement of journeys with different consumers, with different payment methods, with different what you call handshake, whether it is by the phone or by a card, swipe card, or any kind of form of ID. And that's evolved also to the self-service, self-checkout, and it's coming all over. And on top of it, there are multiple machines. One of the key elements of this business is that around the globe, there are so many different machines, so many different protocols that create a lot of what we call pain to engage with them or to handshake with them. And that's one of the key elements that NIACS know to do very easily.
0: Let's talk about how you go to market. Do you have a direct sales force? Do you work through partner channels or a little bit of both?
1: We have from all over. We have a very strong digital funnel. Jumping to the end, we have an e-shop today in the North American market. So customers really can onboard and buy themselves the device and onboard themselves KYC and AML all in one journey. And this is now rolling out for Europe and rest of the world. But we started in North America. So we're trying to reduce the friction from the point of view of customer base. On top of it, we also built a uh, NAX capital that taking the burden from their capex expenditures from customers and make it operational level. So it's all built into the journeys. Of course, on top of it, we have uh, direct sales people that are dealing with the t one and two. We have uh, influencer. We have resellers and uh, a lot of partners that what they see NAX is like the only company globally that can serve them all over the place in multiple verticals. So the ecosystem of NAX partners is very, very strong. Uh, We have what we call foot on the ground in every place in the 65 countries local, global operation solution.
0: Let's talk about the software side for a minute. So what does the software provide? Obviously, sort of inventory management, that's pretty logical, but what else does the software provide?
1: The vending operator, he needs to remotely from his home to know exactly when to come to the machine, what machine to serve, what kind of alerts that he has to really to make a high priority and reach to the machine, what kind of inventory level that he wants to reach to the machine. There is a software like a handheld that he's holding from his phone so he can reach out to everything. He can do dispatching to his team. If he's not just a mom and pop, he has like, I don't know, five routes or 10 routes. He can do all the dispatching from his mobile app or from a PC, of course, from office. So all of this is like not just the reporting part, not just the alerting part or logical alert part, but also the ability of really managing the routes and managing the time of the employees of course, clocking in and clocking out from employees. So you have all the back-end part of what we call time-consuming that you can manage from your palm. It's a very strong software that engage with the IoT part of the device within the machine.
0: So since you have both software and payments, are you set up with sort of SaaS fees and transaction fees? Is that the revenue model?
1: The business model is constructed from three pillars, the one-time payment for the hardware. And as I said, in North America, we always started with NAX Capital. So it's taking the burden from the one-time payment into a sort of leasing solution. Then we have the SaaS solution, which is the service per unit, and we have the, the payment, which is usually a discount rate from the transaction. So discount rate and service is the, the SaaS solution, and the one-time payment of the hardware is the other pillar of hardware payment.
0: One of the things that I think, so maybe talk about the tier one retailers. I'm interested in sort of what is their strategy, like our local grocery store, they used to have 10 lines open and a few self-service kiosks, and now... There's hardly any lines open and they're almost all self-service. So just curious, like, is that where things are going, say in the grocery space or those tier one retailers? Maybe talk about what they're doing and how you guys are serving that need.
1: We are more in, in a relationship with the retailers that have more complex needs and they're coming from I can give the example of a Ford court that in the outside he has a gas station, he wants to pay on the pump, and the outside he has also E V and he wants to pay for an EV and he needs some kind of application that serves him or any kind of a frictionless solution that enable the E V to immediately charge. And then he's coming into the let's call it a seven eleven and then he has a self service of the coffee machine and then he has the attendant. All of this together is quite a complex journey or multiple journeys that consumers have. And basically, NAX can sort it out, not just in terms of one station or multiple station, also in different currencies, different places. Usually, when I'm speaking with North America, everybody is accustomed to the dollar. But if you look at Europe, you have like the eurozone, you have pound, you have a corona, and all of this is in different currency. And when you have an international big account, they need to have this solution plug and play with all the currency in all the complex of the local journeys of consumers. And that's where Nax can really serve them in a very nice way, while they don't have to do what they call pick and cherry of vendors. They have one vendor, one stop, as you call it, business in the box for the tier one customer.
0: Okay. Well, what would you say differentiates your company from your competitors out there?
1: I think we are the only one globally operating end-to-end, back-end, payment facilitating front-end with the loyalty solution. I'm always uh, stating that one of the key phrases I ever heard is one of our competitors said that you want to solve your problem, go to NIAX. Because actually, uh, we are a technology partner for any kind of customer, but we're not really taking this in a length of uh, deployment. It's like almost immediately 10 minutes, five minutes, half an hour, and off you go. That's the beauty about what NIAX can deliver when you onboard with NIAX.
0: Where do you see the payments industry? And you can certainly answer it in the context of what you do, but where do you see it heading in the next, say, two to three
1: years? Wow. Payment is, uh, my understanding, my belief, payment is the center of gravity of all the operational and journeys of customers and consumers regarding all their back-end and front-end. And if you imagine that payment becoming the last 10 years' this position, because it was not like that. If like you remember the old time that you came to pay with your card, it was with uh, plastic, the cashier was put uh, some chemical paper and then he's uh, ironing your card. And then he took the paper and put it in the drawer. And then at the end of the day, he was uh, submitting this to the bank. It's not really cashless payment as it is today. But today, when you are being ID with your phone and you have been present your phone into any terminal, actually the amount of data that the retailers, even under the GDPR, all the uh, restriction that the retailers can gain out of it is huge. And he needs this because he needs to manage the loyalty of the consumers. Otherwise, he will be blind. So he needs to gain relationship and payment is the center of this. And if you imagine this into the future, you also have this in the back end. You need the payment embedded into your ERP. So from the front end, you have to need the loyalty part. And from the back end, you have to be what you call embedded into your ERP to save time. All of this together is a combination of, I'm always stating this, put the payment behind the scene, don't let it interfere to the journeys of consumers or customer operation, and then you can thrive with your solution. So payment is moving this direction. I think in the future, if you look a little bit ahead, you can see a lot of social application that will adopt payment as part of their consumer journey. And you can see this coming into potentially Instagram. You can see this in WeChat and Alipay. The payment is really embedded with the journeys of consumers and that's one of the key elements that we'll see more and more coming to life and then when you come coming to attend it it has to be present in a different mode and over there we have also some kind of a patent around this to enable retailers to become a financial institution.
0: Well let's switch gears for a minute and talk about you so tell us about your journey to your role as the CEO there.
1: Oh, it's not so hard, it's not so long, because I, actually when we established the company, David and myself, the two of us, also my brother was one of the investors, but he's not working on the company. I'm more coming from a business side, marketing, general management, and David is more coming from a operational CTO level. So it was naturally that we worked together like tandem around the business. We've been private until 2021 when we went IPO over here in Israel in the TASTE and following this we were registered ourselves in Nasdaq uh, just a few months ago so now we have dual listing but my role was uh, naturally moving more to the business and David' role moving more into the CTO when you see us, if you visit us over here in El you see that we're actually managing our flipping roles. Sometimes I'm asking more questions, technically questions, and really debating something that is not making sense. And he's more debating on me regarding some business aspects. So we're really working very, very closely and very naturally in the way that we are leading the company. It's not just the role. It's really a way of trust, not just between us, but also in the organization. The DNA of our organization is mostly on trust. And letting people really uh, work and do their job according to any kind of need from customer point of view, putting customer in the front, trying to build the whole organization as a CEO, not just a CEO to become a CEO. So that's the one key element that I think is uh, fun for working for NIAX.
0: And maybe tell us a little bit about sort of the startup story. How did you see this pain point or where did you see it and what kind of light bulb moment did you have and said, hey, we can build a company around this?
1: When you're working as a company, as a bootstrap company, you're always in a paranoid mode. You always uh, think, okay, now I, I succeeded at this point. I have this new ladder. I'm in a new position. But what will happen? How can I keep investing? It's always a 360 degrees looking around and really seeing. I can put it in one world, keep very much paranoid in one way and curious in the other way. If you're working on this two-level and trying to experiment everything and trying to see what are the risks taking the action behind this, if it's not too much, so let's do it. And that's what we did Like 18 years before we went to become public. We grew the company by ourselves, by the business model that uh, supported us. Actually, the customer supported this business model. This is the way I think that makes us uh, unique in terms of uh, being so much tending to the customer.
0: What are some things you're passionate about? So maybe one work-related passion and one non-work-related passion.
1: The way that I see it, the vision of the company, we have a mission statement saying we have to create for the customer, save them the operational cost, and increase their revenue. These are the two missions. I believe that the outcome of this is well-being So customers can really, today, these days, and it's coming more and more, the pressure regarding your time, the balance between uh, your personal life and your business life is very strongly pushing you to a tense in your business. And if we can ease up this and make more balance between the family life and the business life for our customer, this is part of the vision that we're looking into the future. We call it the community and how we can support the community the retailers, giving them the enterprise solution that will ease up some of their pressure and will make them more competitive. So this is like the business goal, but it's involved also in aspiration of what you call the balance of life. So we can say the two questions that you ask is actually, from my perspective, blended in one vision saying, okay, let's do it better and better meaning that also you don't have to work so hard to thrive and to make your life balance.
0: That's interesting. So how do you ingrain that in your culture?
1: We try to keep very, very simple. So we have uh, four values. We call it OLA. O stands for ownership, L for learn and listening, A for action, and H for honesty and trust. And basically, whatever we do within the organization is based on data. We have more than 50 divisions or 50 business-oriented leaders And everything is basically on data, and this data is driven by customers. We are measuring ourselves, NPS, Net Promoter Score, all the time, not the one time that we are measuring ourselves. It's all the time on every action that we're doing. And we're trying to, in this case, bring the data in the center of the cost center or the business center. And basically, on this, you can create a discussion regarding what should we do, how can we react to this what are the ideas that we have behind this? And it's reducing or eliminating all the silos between the divisions of the payment, billing, operational, logistic, always customer in the center, and it's creates a lot of very good discussion and DNA center around the customer.
0: What advice would you give, let's say someone's coming out of university or out of college and they're looking at the payments or fintech industry, what advice would you give them for them to be successful in this industry?
1: Well, this industry is very complex. I can take maybe the context of any industry or startup that you want to build. Of course, you have to start with really vetting for a pain that you believe is needed. So you have to vet for actually there is a market or there is no market. And what is the size of the market? And accordingly, you have to build some kind of uh, testing the water, I'm calling this, whether it is working or not working. And the second part of it is the business model. 10 years ago, 20 years ago, five years ago, that business model will come and you just have to collect or to work for more and more customers. I would start immediately from the business model to really to understand whether the business model can serve and can scale the business. Although it's a startup, think about the business model that can serve you without any kind of VC. If you don't have it and you need a VC, because sometimes the business model cannot really serve immediately the cash flow to support it, it's okay. But really stick to the business model and to the customer's reaction. I believe this is a really basic move that uh, any entrepreneur wants to do something. You need to understand this immediately.
0: Okay, I think that's all very, very good advice. So, Yair, we've covered a lot of ground about you, about the company, about the industry as a whole. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up?
1: No, we are aiming... uh, to become a very, very big company. And we're looking for the bright future from Nike's perspective.
0: What would be the best way for people to get in touch with you?
1: I think on the website is the best way and uh, leave a message on the website and there's no barriers to reach out to me. Either it is LinkedIn or on the website. I don't see any barrier to reach out to me directly.
0: Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. I know your time is very valuable, so I really appreciate you being here. Thank you very much for hosting me. And to all you listeners out there, I thank you for your time as well. And until the next story. Thank you for joining us this week on the Leaders in Payments podcast. Make sure you visit our website at leadersinpayments.com where you can subscribe to the show and where you'll find our show notes. If you enjoyed listening, please share on your social channels as well.